Welcome to Restoration Road Online. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So this morning, um, the, psalm, the message today is on Psalm 100. Uh, and it's a psalm that you know people hear a lot about, and you hear uh, it, and you think about what it means because it's talking about joy. And in this season where we now start going through the Christmas season, we think about joy in a different way. So what I want is to reflect on what joy means uh, when we think about it in a biblical way. So I've given the message the title, Joy, Freedom, and Thanksgiving, The Essence of Worship. So like I mentioned, just a few days ago, we celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday. And that holiday is a great opportunity for families to just get together and just feast on the bounty that God has given to us. Um, but I'm not talking about that Thanksgiving. Um, for a lot of people, the holiday is about the bird and the pigskin, you know, turkey and football. And nothing wrong with turkey and football, or turkey or football, uh, but the day with the turkey and the football should be for us Christians, a symbol of our remembrance of God's provision of remember where it really is important. So I will tell you a story first that will give you some idea what this message is about and how to see more clearly how we should thank and worship God. So Pam and I spent some time at a bed and breakfast in Savannah, Georgia in a recent trip. And our check-in was a little bit long. There were three couples that were checking in at the same time and uh, the receptionist's cell phone kept ringing and chiming as she was setting up the rooms and guests and payments and all that stuff that they do when you check in at the hotel. Then she was called away by a facilities person and she left her phone at the desk and it just kept ringing while we were waiting there. So to make it even more interesting, a guy comes in with a fast food container and asks for her for the receptionist. And we tell him she's away. So he leaves the food and some cash behind the desk and just leaves. Um, sometime later, the receptionist comes back. Uh, and she gives all the couples their old school keys for the room and the front door for the uh, hotel and takes us through a courtyard and up upstairs to a veranda where they would set up for the breakfast part of the bed and breakfast. So while we are at this veranda, fast food guy comes back, and this time he's loudly sobbing, like crying out, and he's down in the courtyard. So you imagine this guy, so he's down in the courtyard, we're up in the veranda, and he's just sobbing and says, you need to come quickly, you are not answering your phone. And then we hear the receptionist up there, and she just sobs, not my mama. So they embrace, and they're all sobbing, and they quickly leave. And then uh, we exchange a quick look with another couple, and they ask us, and we pray together. You know, this is the South, after all. Um, so after this experience, I was convicted of quite a few things. Um, 
One of them was rethinking how annoyed I get when phones just keep ringing and just actually stop and think about the human issues behind that. Another one was just wanting to call everyone in, in, in my list and just telling them I love them and being just really thankful for my family, for my friends, and for my congregation. I also saw what it's really like to be serving gladfully, regardless of our situation. So for some reason, a receptionist in a bed and breakfast in Savannah, Georgia, had to be away from the place where her heart really wanted to be at. But she still served with a smile. So the freedom to serve in the midst of suffering comes from God alone. The joy, freedom, and thanksgiving. The essence of worship. So if you would please find Psalm 100 in your Bibles or devices, I will wait and then I will read. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The inerrant word of the living God. So Bibles have a subtitle for this psalm. So if you had a Bible open, it would read something like, a psalm for giving thanks, a psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm of praise, or a thanksgiving psalm. This comes from the Hebrew name of this psalm, Mismor Letoda. The Hebrew title means song or psalm of extended hands. Mismor Letoda. Mismor is song or psalm. And Toda is extension of the hand, literally. So the phrase means something, but it also implies something else. So like when someone uses the term high five, if I ask someone for a high five, what does that mean? And what does it imply about the situation we're in? So think about that for a minute. And uh, not a trick question. Um, we don't ask someone for a high five when our dog is lost, when our truck is in the shop, or any other sad country song scenario. A high five implies celebration. And it also asks for a physical reaction to an emotional state. So just like high five implies celebration, the original Hebrew title implies worshipful thanksgiving. So the extended hands imply to the Hebrew listener that a physical reaction is expected in response to a spiritual reality. Joy, freedom, and thanksgiving are the essence of true worship in spirit and in truth. When we read it carefully, Psalm 100 challenges our preconceptions of what joy means and what joy is, what freedom means and what freedom is, and what thanksgiving means and is. 
The Hebrew subtitle gets us started with the need for worshipful thanksgiving. And verse 1 gets us started with the how. How do we express our thanks? With joy. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Verse 1 is asking the whole earth, all peoples, to joyfully and loudly acclaim the Lord. This is a textbook call to worship. But we need to understand what is meant by joy here. We need to understand what God means by joy. So now that we are past the Thanksgiving holiday, Christmas and joy to the world is in the air. You know, we have been singing joy to the world as Christians for a very long time. We also know that this is a fallen world. God's joy to the world is in seeing the fulfillment of a hope for salvation. Verse 2 calls us to serve the Lord with gladness and to gather and sing in his presence. Even people who live in places where there are no Christians, there are no Christians to tell them of the good news. They see a sunrise, they feel the warmth of the sun, they see the power of the whirlwind, the waterfall, they are given a revelation of God's power in creation. So God calls all peoples, wherever they are, to praise him joyfully and calls us, his servants, to serve with gladness and to sing to him together. Even those who don't call him Lord should shout his acclaim with joy. But we who call him Lord we who are his servants, we should be glad to serve and gather to sing his praises, to bring the good news to those that see what God has done all over creation, but they don't know the truth. So the title, this psalm is one about thanksgiving. Verse 1, all of creation owes joyous praise in worship to God. Verse 2 commands those who serve God, to do it with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness, exclamation point. Come into his presence with singing, exclamation point. Unless you have worked in the hospitality or service industry, a command to serve with gladness will sound strange. But restaurants have servers. Those in the military serve. Those in the hotel business serve. And we never know what a day at work will bring. So I will read from a post on uh, Burlington Chamber of Commerce website. Ryan Baldera, 34-year-old general manager of Buffalo Wild Wings in Burlington, passed away as a result of a tragic accident. He was selflessly trying to protect his staff and his customers when he was overcome by chemical fumes. Ryan leaves behind a young wife and a three-month-old child. So we never know what a day at work will bring, whether we are serving on a land far away or in a fast food restaurant in town. So we express our thanksgiving, we worship, in obvious praise to God in gladfully serving God, and in gathering and singing to God. Notice that not one time the psalmist is qualifying the joy and the worship by human standards. 
because we never know what a day of work will bring. But we always have to be thankful for who God is. So at this point, some of us might be tempted to throw a tantrum and we'll say, God just cares about himself. Just asking us to praise him joyfully. I mean, doesn't he know my needs? Doesn't he know my sufferings? Should I thank him for it? And the short answer for that is yes. Because of our Lord's suffering, our suffering is not in vain. Because he lives, we can have joy in the midst of our suffering. Because he is God, this fallen world of sin and suffering is not our home. Just a transfer station on our way to a glorious eternity. Our joy is in knowing truth and knowledge that can never be taken away. But what about suffering while we are here? I'll tell you the story of our grandson. Our grandson Lance was born on September 22, 2018. The medical consensus is that he gently passed away sometime after he was born. But it all started with happiness. We found out that there would be a grand bundle of joy in our future. Plans started for all the contingencies of new babydom until the first ultrasound. It is never a good sign when medical professionals just look at imaging, hem and haw, and just scurry around avoiding you. Baby Lance had an early diagnosis of anencephaly. This condition is invariably and ultimately fatal. But my daughter Jessica decided to be mom to Lance and to enjoy being Lance's mom. He was kicking and moving and doing all those things that babies do while they're waiting to meet their family. Mom and Lance went everywhere, even Niagara Falls, until the moment came for Lance to be born. We all dropped all that we were doing, and we went to prepare to meet Lance. He had a strong heartbeat when seen in the pre-delivery ultrasound, but he did not have the strength to cry when he was born. He did clasp his mother's finger to leave no doubt that he was with us. And he was a beautiful baby boy. I've never felt two pounds feel so heavy and substantial and so warm. I had the privilege of dedicating his short earthly life to the Lord. There was not a dry eye in the hospital room, but there was also an ineffable joy with us there. Because we mourned, not like those who have no hope. We not only have hope, but we know that life is not measured between the dates of two certificates. There is bone-wearying sadness and loss, while at the same time joy in our eternal hope, joy in the truth of God, freedom in all that we are with all that we have. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Then verse 3 ups the ante. Not only are we who call him Lord his servants, and he our master, even more than that, we are God's property. He made us, and we belong to him. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. How is that freedom? 
One of our favorite day trips on our vacations with our little kids was going to the old forts in Old San Juan in Puerto Rico. These are massive sandstone fortifications. And we all know that 16th century forts are notoriously hard to baby proof. So when we wanted to take a break from running around in a fort, one of mine and Pam's favorite things to do was dropping the kids into this notch in the castle wall that it's about four feet deep at the shallow end and about 30 feet long. And we just drop the kids there and they would start running and they run to a part that is maybe 10 feet deep and they just run back and forth and they were free. And Pam and I knew that there was no way for them to climb into any of the stone rain gutters that go into the cisterns under the castle that are always full with water. Is it freedom to let your children run where they are in danger. We are his sheep. He is our protector. All the peoples of the earth who not yet know him should shout his praise. They all should know him and that he is God. We who already know him and serve him should serve with gladness, gather and sing to him. Because he is God, no other reason is needed and the psalmist is looking, like through a prophetic looking glass, between the already and the not yet, and saying, shout with joy, serve with gladness, because our Lord, he is God. We belong to him. We are his sheep, and he our good shepherd. Joy, freedom, and thanksgiving. There is joy in knowing he is God. There is freedom in knowing we are his. The psalmist is encouraging us not to a silent fist bump, not to a polite nod. We are told that the appropriate response is a shout or a roar, a mighty roar of worship. So you think about the atmosphere after a hockey goal with the air horns, the flashing lights, the thumping on glass, not the golf network, not even after a hole in one. And all the earth, not just those of us who get it, but all the earth. So one definition is that worship is our response to God's revelation. God initiated it. He created us. He revealed himself to us. The ball is now in our court. What do we now do? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. In Herod's temple, there was a priest's court a women's court, a men's court, and a Gentile's court. No matter who we are, our station, our national origin, there is a place for us, a place where we can gather in his presence. And we remember that this temple is just a physical symbol of a spiritual reality, because God is spirit and does not dwell in a house made by human hands. But the symbolic courts of God point to the spiritual reality that we can come to him because he has made a way. God has revealed himself in his word, through his works. He has made us and not we ourselves. And therefore, we are the sheep of his pasture. God the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, lived the perfect life we could not live, took upon himself the suffering and death we deserved, and on the third day rose again and showed us he had conquered not just death, but sin as well.
He now extends to us mercy instead of justice. By grace, through faith, we are saved. So let us examine the intentions and posture of our hearts. Let us hear the call of our Lord to repent of our sinful way of living. Let us turn our affections towards him who is worthy. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Verse 5. God is not God because of what he can give us or how he blesses us. If we forget the how of worship, if we forget that thanksgiving comes first, we might want to come to God to collect goods, and that is a false gospel. We don't owe worship to God because he is good, but because he is God. And he revealed himself first in creation. So by reading verse 1 and obeying it, we follow the right order. He is God first. We then respond in thanksgiving. Joy, freedom, and thanksgiving, the essence of worship. Joy is not earthly happiness, and it does not mean a carefree life. Joy is not about collecting all the earthly toys and holding on to them until we exit the earthly stage. God, I mean, joy is a certainty that everlasting communion with our triune God awaits, regardless of our earthly station. So we worship with joy, knowing that God is God first, and also knowing that God is good. And freedom is not setting up our own tables in the courts of God, exchanging the eternal coin of our salvation for the earthly rusty coins of temporary happiness. The wolves of this world will say, that dime you have, it's old and it's really small compared to my shiny nickel over here. Nothing, nothing, nothing in this world is worth our salvation. We are never as free as when we are in his pasture. The freedom to walk into the wolf's belly is not real and true freedom for a sheep. Waiting in his pasture for an eternal field of sweet green grass moistened with morning dew and vegetarian wolves is true freedom. And true freedom means exchanging the rusty iron coins of this world into everlasting coins. We will never sing better, look better, feel better, or have more riches in this fallen earth than we will with our glorified bodies. And we should be thankful to God for that. By the Lord's sacrifice, we can become a temple of the living God. Because God is spirit and does not dwell in a house made by human hands. Or as the Apostle Peter puts it in 1 Peter 2, 1, 5. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And I'll leave with this. God has been good to us one more time. Lance's baby brother is due in April next year, so we are now expectantly waiting to meet him. 
So in conclusion, let us extend our hands, shout for joy, serve with gladness, worship with humility. The God that became flesh, lived sinlessly, suffered and died for us in our sinful condition, and on the third day rose again, and is now with the Father, and preparing a place so we can be with him for time everlasting to forever praise, serve, and sing to him who is worthy in joy, in freedom, and in thanksgiving to the glory of God. Thank you for listening to this Sunday's sermon at Restoration Road. We hope it blessed you and invite you to join us for next service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. God bless.